0: are you ready for the word good the week before last when i finished my message we finished in hebrews chapter 9 do you remember that where jesus paid a price for his for all mankind he paid a price for every single person sitting in this room outside of this room every person that is alive today and will be alive in the future He's already paid the price for them. And the Bible says that if you believe in him, you, he takes you into himself, into the presence of God. See, the issue with most religions is that they're trying to get into God to appease for sin, to appease for uh, their, their, their lifestyle or their choices that they make. They're trying to make sacrifices, they're trying to pray, they're trying to give offerings, they're trying to do things in order to get into the presence of God, to have an audience with Him. But for us as, as believers of Jesus Christ, the reason why we have an audience with God is because of believing in Jesus. Yeah. So if you want to have an audience with God, you want to talk to God and you want to hear his voice, the only way to God is? Jesus. Very good. And so now Jesus in Hebrews chapter 9, he's called as the high, uh, chief high priest and he now has paid a price on earth. Please pay very close attention now to where I'm going with the word. Okay, He paid a price on earth And he went into heaven, into the tent in heaven. So, which means in the Old Testament, which means in the Old Testament, God told Moses, I want to come and dwell with you. But I'll only come into that tent. So, the tent, the tabernacle of Moses, was made as a replica of what is in heaven. Okay? So God will not go into a place that is not heaven. So if you are the temple of the most high God, you are? Oh, come on now. So I'm not looking up to go to heaven. I'm looking right. Are you okay? So now, so... Jesus now, he pays the price, sheds his blood, dies, resurrects, goes, goes to the Father. He goes into the most holiest place in heaven. He goes into that place and he offers his blood for all mankind. So that you can now enter in to the most holiest place. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not by your own works. This is not by your offering, not by how many times you pray a day. It's nothing. It's got nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with what Jesus has done. So how do we do that? It's by believing that Jesus paid the price for me. He redeemed me from the curse of the law. He redeemed me from sin and death so that I don't have to live like a sinner anymore. I can live righteous before God and I can stand before God face to face without feeling ashamed of myself. How many of you, when you start praying before God, actually go before God and say, God, forgive me of my sin. God, you know, I repent. You know, I'm such a sinner. God, you know, I did not pray. I did not do this. I did not do that. How many of you honestly do that? Yeah, thank you for your honesty. But I want to tell you that there is a better way. The way is through the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, the Bible says that it sanctifies you completely. It cleanses you of every sin, past, present, and future. Which means God sees your future sinless. Do you see your future sinless? (laughs) very good yeah if you see your future as someone who has no sin then you have right standing with god which means you don't have to pray 15 times a day you don't have to fast in order to get something but you get something in order so that you can fast are you with me You don't do, you say, oh, you know, I need to live righteous. I can't, I can't swear. I can't say this. I can't make a mistake. Even if I do, God's going to punish me. No, no, no. God punished Jesus. Finished. If you believe in Jesus, there's no more punishment for you. It's a, it's a, it's called a free gift of salvation. It's a gift. You don't earn it. It's a free gift. God gave it to you so that. He can be one with you. See, God's desire is for you to be with him. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And remember, we're talking about the conscience. But for us as Christians, for us as people, we don't always have the knowledge of God's presence around us. Now you need to understand that Jesus says something in the Gospels. He says whatever, are you listening? You're listening? Sure. This is very important. Okay. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in. Listen to me very carefully. Okay. Whatever you loose on earth is. Why do Christians pray for heaven to move? and then change the earth. When, the, when heaven is looking for the earth to move, and then heaven follows. Hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus says, Father, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Right, he's saying let. He's not asking him for permission, he's giving him permission. Why do we pray, God? If it is your will, let heaven come into this. God, if it is your will, God, send it, send heaven, let angels come. You know, let let them do this and let them do that. And God is saying, Can you just say something? Can you declare something? Can you take the first move so that heaven can back you up? See, you know, I've I've grown up in in Christianity all my life. I've grown up in church all my life, my sister as well, all, my, all all the kids. And I've seen some tremendous creative miracles. Right? I've seen phenomenal things. I've seen I've been in meetings where where cancers, tumors from people have fallen off their bodies on the stage. You know, I've seen people who came to to for prayer without the eyeballs in their socket like it's empty okay and i've seen that 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 after prayer like an eyeball just comes back comes into their in into their eye and that eye that came is better has better vision than the one they had yeah. I've seen, I've seen, I've witnessed where people's legs have grown out, hands have grown out. I've seen, I've heard of stories where people whose hands have been chopped off come for a meeting, and in the presence of God, their arms begin to grow back, and they have new arms again. Come on now. So, I'm I'm trying to think where where was this eyeball before it came into that guy's head? (laughs) But it must be somewhere. Where was this hand before it came and into this guy? Where, why, why, this person has has an organ that's failing and all of a sudden he has a new organ? New years, he can hear all of a sudden. Where where do these things exist? Right? So it's in heaven. So we know that there's no sickness in heaven. There's no disease in in heaven. There's prosperity in heaven. There's spare parts in heaven. Right? (laughs) Right. <laughs> huh? A- a- any- anybody needs spare parts? <laughs> Not to eat, but for your body. <laughs> huh? <laughs> huh? So kidneys, lungs, whatever you need. Tongue, new tongue. Anybody needs a new tongue? Huh? <laughs> right. and-, and so I'm thinking, God has this full for the whole world. God has. A storage unit. Okay? How does it come from heaven to earth? So today I'm going to teach you how to manifest heaven on earth. Okay? I think a few people are happy about that. But don't clap now. It's too late. (laughs) So, since we know that, that heaven is waiting for earth to do something, we've been taught the other way around. We've been saying, let heaven come and then bring transformation on the earth. But God is saying, you step out and heaven will bring transformation on the earth. Come on. Come on. Oh, come on now. Right? Peter, step out on the water. Peter steps out and heaven makes sure that the water doesn't allow him to sink. Hmm. Am I making sense to you now? Right. But, but why don't Christians always uh, aware that, man, I've prayed for people who are sick, and honestly, some of them have died. Yeah. I've prayed for people who, who, who are sick, and their sickness has not left their body. And I'm thinking to myself, what is wrong with me? Yeah. Yeah. See, most of us go through these situations when we pray for people, or we pray for a business, or we pray for financial aid from heaven. And we're thinking, why doesn't it come? Why why does this happen all the time? It's only because your conscience is not aware of the position of righteousness. Do you understand? Your conscience confirms to you your position in the presence of God. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit doesn't keep telling you, you are in the presence of God. You are in the presence of God. No, he doesn't tell you. He comforts, he exalts, he edifies you according to Jesus, according to the word. But he doesn't tell you you're in the presence of God. It's like a king that walks into the room and says, I am king. I just want you to know I'm the king. God's like, God's walking into the room and he says, I have an announcement to make. I am God. And this is my presence in the room. No, he doesn't do that. He, he has such, uh, uh, he, he's so uh, powerful that he doesn't need to tell you that he's in you. So who tells you? So your conscience, are you listening? So your conscience that is formed by the word of God through a transformed mind will confirm to you that you're in the presence of God. See, the, the issue that we've been having about the doctrine of the presence of God over years is that we've still been living in an old covenant mindset. And although I am not ridiculing the revelation, uh, there are huge movements of Christianity that, that function this way, but... I feel and I know that God has given us this revelation because he wants this church to be a sign and a wonder of progressive, of a progressive move of God in this region. Okay, So that's the reason why I'm saying it. I'm not mocking another church or another man of God or anything like that. Okay, I'm just saying that re- that revelation was good for a season. But now and into the future, we're going to use the revelation I'm going to share with you now. Okay, so the, 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 there has to be a shift in, in our understanding of the presence of God. Okay, there has to be a shift. There has to be a progression. We, it's a progressive word, yeah. which means what we understood about the presence yesterday is not, or 10 years ago, is not applicable today. Okay, so we've always believed that, the, that, that we are the hosts of the presence of God do you understand books have been written people say hey you know we've got to live in such a way that the that the presence of god doesn't lift off the anointing doesn't lift off our life you know i've heard people say this you if there is if you sin the anointing will lift off your life and if you if you do if the temperature in the room is 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 too cold then the holy spirit will not come into the room (laughs) You know, no, I, you know, seriously, I've, I've heard people say that if the person in the front row is making too much of noise, if you're being whacked by the Holy Ghost in the room, and you're like, Whoa, whatever, you know, that happens, that people do that, um, that, that that is a disturbance to the Holy Spirit, and you have to be ushered out of the room. Because the Holy Spirit needs pin-drop silence. <laughs> when, I, when I listen to things like that, I'm not mocking them, I, I'm just trying to understand why does, is, is the Holy Spirit that weak to get disturbed by someone that he is touching? Do you understand? If the Holy Spirit is moving in the room, he's moving. How you react is up to you. It's between you and the Holy Spirit, right? And people have been taught that, hey, you know, uh, Jesus, the dove came and settled on Jesus. And now, how would you conduct yourself if the dove was on you? How would you walk? <laughs> uh, well, you'd walk carefully, and, and you'd conduct yourself really well, and, and you'd be very, uh, very cautious about not swearing because you're constantly, you, you don't want to dance in church because the dove <laughs> might fly off. And, and, and so, so now I want, I want to reveal to you, I want to expose this thing in a nice way because we've been living with an old covenant reality. Do you understand? I have to work in order to get. I have to. I have to live in a certain manner in order to host the presence of God. I want to tell you the Bible says that God's spirit, when God's spirit comes and lives on the inside of you, His spirit and your spirit have become one spirit. Which means he's not a guest. You host a guest. If a family, let's take Jose and Bobby and their four kids, do they think they are you hosting your kids in the house? No, you're not. You you co inhabit the house. You live together. You have you have one family. You, you are one flesh. You're one spirit. Everything that I share, you share. Everything that I eat, you eat. Hopefully clothes, you don't do that. But, but everything that, that I have in my house is yours. Because we are one family. Why don't we treat the Holy Spirit like that? We are trying to perform in order to grow in the spirit. When the spirit is saying, I'm here to partner with you, co-inhabit. I'm here, he inhabits the praises of our people, of his people. Which means, if your lifestyle is is a lifestyle of praise, he inhabits the praise that comes out of your mouth. Thank you right do you, do you understand what i'm saying so there's a there's an old testament an old covenant reality that we've been trying to live our life under that causes us to perform in order to get a blessing from god when the bible says and the new covenant reality that jesus brought us into it says christ in me the no 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 Christ in me. the hope of glory. It's not Christ outside of me, the hope of glory. It says, Christ it in me. Where's Christ? Me? Come on now. Where's Christ? Me? So if Christ is in you, there is a hope for a manifestation of his glory. But he won't manifest his glory outside till he first manifests his glory on the inside you've got to know that the glory of god on the inside of you is being manifested and you need a confirmation only your conscience will tell you that the glory of god is on the inside of you only your conscience will tell you because your conscience is being formed by god's word are you okay are you sure do you understand what i'm saying So we don't host the presence of God. God inhabits us. We have become one with him. It will completely change how we sing songs. But if heaven is on the inside of us, there is a manifestation that needs to happen in order for us to see the miracle. To see the breakthrough. Are you with me? When Jesus says, Let heaven come, he's not asking God if it's okay for heaven to come. He's saying, I am the way through which heaven comes. <laughs> yeah. See that, that you know we've said that it's the Lord's prayer. Actually, it's not the Lord's prayer; it's the disciples' prayer. He was teaching them to pray. Right. Yeah. It's actually your prayer. Wow. So if Jesus says, I, "I am the way through which heaven comes," he's actually trying to say, oh, "You're not getting it." I, I think uh, one week and you've you've like you've slowed down a bit, huh? Are you fast? You're thinking fast, right? You're getting it. So you are the way through which heaven enters into the earth. You are key to heaven accessing earth. Heaven will not touch earth without you. Are you with me? Heaven will not come through an idol. It will not come through a church building. It will not come through lights. It will come through you and me. Sometimes people ask me, Pastor. You know, I'm praying, I'm fasting, but I really don't feel God's presence. What would it What would it be like to have an awareness of God's presence, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week? What would it look like if, if you could just picture this with me? <clears throat> what would it look like right now in this room? You're sitting here. You're in the presence of God. Just imagine you're in the Holy of Holies. This is the throne room of God where, God's, where, where you are in Christ now. You're in Christ. You're, you're looking at God the Father. The presence of God means the face of God, right? So you're looking at him face to face in his presence. You are in Christ in heavenly places, and Christ is in you on the earth. So right now, in this moment, I'm, the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, is actually making me aware that God, I'm standing here right now talking to you. Are you listening, listening? I'm standing here right now talking to you with God right behind me. I'm talking to you about someone I know. You're listening to me, but actually he's talking through me. Do you understand? When you're worshiping God during a a song, you're, you're singing to him. It's not the band. It's not angels around. But you're in the most holy place. In the presence of God. And you're worshiping him. What do you think he does during your worship? What do you think he does when you're sitting here in, during the message? What do you think goes through his mind? Because he can see your heart from where he's at right now. He knows exactly what's going through your mind. What plans you have and what's going through, you know, what you want to eat after the message. You know, the plans, which movie you want to watch. All of that. He knows exactly what plans you have and what you're doing because you're in his presence. See, we, the reason why we don't have this awareness is because we are so conscious of the world that we live in. The physical world that we live in it makes us more conscious or aware of it rather than God. We are more aware of a world that we can see rather than a world that we belong to. We're more aware of of the AC in this room than the presence of God in this room. If you only knew, my gosh, for eternity, for eternity, you'll be in this moment of the presence of God in heaven for eternity. Forever and ever and ever. You'll be in the presence of God, just worshiping him, looking, beholding at his face. For eternity, you're not going to worry about your bills. For eternity, you're not going to worry about the debt. For eternity, you're not going to, these are just momentary things. But the problem is that they are so close to you. They're so, they tug on the emotions of your heart so much. They've seared your conscience so much that they make you aware of it more than him. Do you understand? And if you want to live a life of breakthrough, if you want to live a life where heaven constantly moves into your life, you have to be aware of God. Come on, yes. You have to be conscious of the presence of God. You have to be conscious of, of, the, of, the, of the storeroom of God. Man, we we fight for bills and we want to pay our bills and we're crying, God, give me money, give me money. And we, we fail to understand that he shall supply our need according to his riches. The problem is that we're not conscious of his riches. We're conscious of our debt. We're conscious of, oh, what my salary is going to be at the end of the month and how I'm going to make my, pay my bills and, and give my money to my family, not realizing that God has riches. If you can only allow your mind, your conscience to be formed by, by understanding that riches is your inheritance, then you will not live like a pauper every day. The, the issue is consciousness. Your conscience, please listen to me. Your conscience makes you conscious of what your conscience is made up of. Okay? So if you had a bad childhood, your conscience is formed that reminds you that you've had a bad childhood. And so now, every time you hang out with new people, you're experiencing your childhood because your conscience is telling you that you've had a bad childhood. Do you understand? But if that same conscience was to be renewed by the word of God and your identity is formed by God's word, now your, your conscience has been renewed and now you're more aware of God than you're aware of your past. Are you with me? It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. All you need is your mind to be renewed, transformed by the word of God. And if your mind is transformed by the word of God, now you're more aware of God and heaven and everything that heaven has to offer you so that you can bring transformation in your life. Are you with me? Are you sure? Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10 says... Oh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That word know in Greek means to know, to gain knowledge. Okay, knowledge is consciousness. Are you with me? Maybe you don't know what consciousness means. Okay, so let's say, can you see this pulpit? Everybody, can you see this pulpit? You're looking here, right? I just made you conscious of the pulpit okay it's that simple your conscience is formed by just something as simple as that so if you were to come on the stage you would avoid the pulpit you got it why is because your conscience is telling you and it's confirming to you that pulpit can do damage to you if you bump into it do you understand very simple now you get it, what your conscience is? Yeah. And your conscience makes you conscious of what is in the conscience. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, the word know in Greek, is, it, it, it means to, to gain knowledge through first-hand experience. Okay? Consciousness is gained through first-hand experience. Okay? It's a teaching today. But trust me, it will ease up and it will be awesome at the end. Okay? I need to set the platform for you. To know something means to be conscious of it, to be aware of it. Okay? It's like Gabriel coming to Mary and saying, highly favored one. God, I'm going to paraphrase the whole thing, okay? God wants to bless you with a son, and his name is Jesus, and he is the son of God. So her question to him is, how can this be, since I do not know a man? See, her conscience told her, her conscience was formed saying, in order for you to have children, you need to know your husband. Do you understand? So, to know the husband produces. Are you getting it? So, the book of Philippians saying, Oh, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. Listen to me very carefully. Oh, that I may know him. I may be intimate with him through first-hand experience. How would you know him? Jesus is not here in the flesh. Through his word. So if I know him through his word, if I experience him through his word, if my conscience is formed by his word, now I know him. And I know the power of his resurrection. Do you understand? If I know Christ, then personally, one-on-one, if I know him, then I will know his power. Then I will know his resurrection. Oh, come on. Come on. I, I want you to get this, guys. This will do set you free. If you know Christ by his word... If you apply his word, you, you have first-hand experience. You, you, for example, you go into, into a, in the office and, and you're in the office and you see somebody sick and the Lord gives you, listening, the Lord gives you a word saying, pray for that person. Yeah. And when you step out of your comfort zone and you pray for them and you say, hey, I'm just going to pray for you in Jesus' name and the person gets healed. Whether the person gets healed or not, it's immaterial. The fact that you've just, in obedience, you've stepped out and obeyed his word. Now, you know him. You know him. And now, because you know him, his power, his power begins to flow out of you. And every dead situation gets resurrected because you know him. Oh, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. You want to raise the dead? Know Him. You want to cast out demons? Know Him. You want to cleanse the lepers? Know Him. You want money in your bank? Know Him. You want your business to prosper? Know Him. Let's go to um, 1 John chapter 2 and we'll read from verse 1 to 6. Pay close attention to the words, okay? It says, My dear children, I'm, I'm reading to you in the ESV version, okay? My dear children, I write this to you, sorry, this is the NIV. I write this to you so that you will not sin. He's writing the word to you so that you don't sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. Which means, Jesus, when he died on the cross, he paid the price for everybody living. Every single human being on this planet, Jesus has paid the price for them. Whatever religion you are, it doesn't matter. Jesus has paid the price for you. Just think about that. Every single human being on the planet, when you go to the office, that boss that nags you, Jesus has paid the price for him. (laughs) Huh? When you drive on the road and you're you're somebody flashing you from the fast lane at the back, Jesus has paid the price for them. (laughs) The same price that he paid for you, he paid for them. Verse 3. We know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commands, whoever says, I know him, but does not know does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus lived. Verse 3. We know that we have come to know him. How can you know that you have come to know him? How can you know that you know? One knowing is enough, right? How can you know that you know him? Think about it. This is why I said pay careful attention to the word. He's writing these words to you so that you don't sin. What does sin mean? Miss the mark. Every time you know or you don't know him, you miss the mark. Every time you know that you know him, you get the mark. Do you understand? But what is this know that you know? He's talking about the conscience. The conscience that is conscious and confirms to you that you know him. Come on now. Are you with me? Anybody love the word? Yeah, good. Uh, you're in the right church. I know that I know him. It means that, that I had an experience with Jesus and my conscience is formed by his word and every time I go through a situation, he confirms to me that I know God. It's like, you know, I think Christopher and Angelo would relate to this with me. Every time I got into a fight in school or college, right? If people knew who I knew, then they know to not mess with me. Do you understand? Right? You know what I'm talking about, Angelo. So, in the same way, do you know that you know who your God is? Do you know that you're? Do you know that you know that you're in the presence of God, 24 hours a day, seven days a week? You're sitting in church, falling asleep in the presence of God while He's talking to you. <laughs> I think, like, oh man, you know, I went partying last night, and my eyes are like... Uh, Whoa! Tell God that. Tell God, see what he does. Tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him. Oh, late night, pastor, last night, late, late night. I wonder what God was doing late night. No, see, we, we, we're we not aware of the presence of God. We're not conscious of God in our lives. So we end up gravitating towards sin. I'm not saying having a late night is, is bad, okay? Having a late night before Friday service is bad. it's just that you come to church and either you search or you fall asleep and Jesus says in, in John chapter 14 and verse 21 he says whoever has my commandments and keeps them he it is who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father which means if you If you obey his commands, please listen to me. If you obey his commands and you keep them, which means follow them, which means use them, exercise his commands, Jesus, the Father, will know that he knows you. (laughs) I'll read it again. Whoever has my commands and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my... And I will love him and... Ah, that's the word right there. If you love him, if you keep his commandments, you prove to him that you love him. Yeah. And because you love him, now the father loves you and he loves you. There's like a whole lot of love happening there. And because there's a whole lot of love happening there, Jesus will come and reveal himself to you. Wow. Oh, come on. No, you didn't get it. Let's say you're going to an issue in your life. Okay, And the issue is, is pretty dark. And you really need God's help. There's no one on the planet that can help you. Only God. Okay, And now, because you're a Christian, you've received God, Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you're following his word. Now you take his word as it is, and you're holding on to his word, and you're applying the word, and you're doing everything according to his commandments. Because you love him. Not because you need a breakthrough. Everybody doesn't love God. They love him only when they need a breakthrough. So he's trying to say, when you're in the situation, choose to love me. Keep obeying my commandments. When you're in debt, keep giving. <laughs> Do you understand? And so now, when you keep living like that, you choose to put a value worship on God above worshiping your situation and so when you do that now it proves to the father that you love him and now because the father loves you Jesus loves you and because now there's this whole trinity of love happening all over the place he comes and manifests himself what happened the last time the word manifested itself the sins of the world was taken away come on come on every time Every time Jesus manifests himself, it's because of your love. It's because of his love, because of the Father's love, because of all the love happening. That situation starts changing because Jesus has manifested himself in his life. It's amazing. We have, now I'm talking about, I was talking about living consciously in the presence of God. So God's presence is, is, is that he's omnipresent, which means God is everywhere, the same way, at the same time, to everybody. Okay? That's what it means, omnipresence. He means he's everywhere. Right now, he's right here. David says, oh my God, even if I go into Sheol, into hell, you're there. So which means God is everywhere, right? But I want, I want, to, I want to propose something to you. Not propose to you, propose something to you. Okay? The desire of the presence of God from the book of Revelation, from the book of Genesis to Revelation, is not for the omnipresence of God. You're listening? He's not trying to say, oh, I am only with you. He's not only saying, I'm all around you. The desire of God from the beginning to the end of the Bible is for manifestation. He desires to manifest his presence greater than your desire for his manifest presence. Do you understand? You just need a breakthrough in your life. He desires to manifest himself. He desires to manifest himself in your life greater than just the manifestation of a breakthrough. He wants to come and dwell with you. And and Moses had it right, man. He was like, God, you're sending me with all these. These are your people. You're sending me with them, but you're not telling me who's going to go with me. And he says, my presence will go with you. And you you see the manifestation of the presence. It's a cloud by day, fire by night. It was proof that God was with him. He says, "How how would everybody know that you are with me unless you manifest your presence? We need to understand that God desires manifestation more than anybody on the planet. He wants to come and live in you and through you as you. He wants to come and live in you. He wants to live through you. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. God doesn't sleep, doesn't slumber. There's a reason for that. And this is your purpose in life. Not just the church, this is our purpose in life. Every single person. You will understand the reason why you're created today. Praise God. Amen, hallelujah brother, hallelujah. Amen, oh my God. Now I know why why I'm here, you know. I thought I was just like passing through. No, no, if it was passing through, it would have ended a long time ago. Listen, if God wanted you to be in heaven, he wouldn't have sent you here. So stop trying to go to heaven. Stay here because there's a purpose for you here. (laughs) He wants you to live here. He wants you to do something here. Stop running to heaven. He wants to manifest heaven on the earth. And he will only manifest heaven through you. You okay with that? So we we have to have this understanding. Every time we face a difficult situation in our marriage, it's, it's it's, it's only because it's not submitted to the kingdom of God. Anything. He's saying, John is saying, I'm writing this thing to you so that you don't sin. Every time you live outside the word of the of God your conscience will cause you to gravitate towards sin. Your flesh will cause you to gravitate towards sin. It's natural for you to sin. But if you're not aware of the if you're aware of the presence of God man I've I've trained my conscience to constantly tell me okay that another person lives on the inside of me. He has his own mind It's the Holy Spirit. He has his own mind. He has his own way of thinking. He has his own emotions. He has his own will. And every time I have an opportunity to choose my will, I choose to submit and ask him for his will. In me, I ask him for his will. I say, God, what is your will? Do you know why people don't have their prayers answered? Do you know why people really don't have provision for their life? Do you know when they ask God and they're asking and 10 years later they're still asking for a husband? I mean, why is the husband not come? I don't know why I picked on that this side. (laughs) Anybody? (laughs) For 10 years you've been praying, God, give me a husband, give me a husband. And God is saying, stand up and look. (laughs) Open your eyes and look. And see, I have made so many fish in the sea. <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> I think this side is more serious. I think they're grabbing on the word. Those guys are... Man. Right? For 10 years you've been praying, God, get me out of debt. God, get me out of debt. God, get... and when money comes, you spend it. Like, God, get me out of debt. God, this habit is so. Oh you know, God, I, you know I repent. I repent. And then that night only, straight temptation finished. God, I'm so weak. God, but your strength is made known. I was like, how 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 do you live like that, man? And so it's, it's very important for us to understand. God desires to manifest His presence in your life. But it doesn't take 10 years to come. (laughs) Do you understand? The reason why it's taking long is because you are living for yourself. You are living for your own desires. And the Bible says it. He said you're praying and you're asking God for things, but you're asking amiss. Which means you're asking with the wrong desire. You're asking for your desires to be fulfilled and not his desire. And, and and if you pray, saying, God, let not my will be done, but your will be done. And you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things. Hold on, hold on, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Thank you so much, sweetheart. I didn't mean to stop you in your praise break. We can praise in a minute, okay? I, I want to ask you a question. When it says all these things shall be added, is it saying added to God or is it added to you? to me. So which means if I seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness, if I, if my business exists for His kingdom and His righteousness, if my marriage exists for His kingdom, His righteousness, my kids exist for His kingdom and His righteousness, all these things, everything that I need in my life, listen, everything that I need in my life to make sure that I fulfill His desire will be added to me. Come on now. Come on now, everything, everything that I need in order for me to fulfill his desire. Even if you need angels, angels will come at your beck and call. Come on, on, man. I'm telling you, if you position yourself and say, God, my wife is struggling with a disease. How does that fulfill your desire for her life? I need a breakthrough in her life so that we can fulfill your desire. That's when recovery starts happening. Really fast. Recovery starts happening. Debt just starts closing in. I remember, I said, God, how can I preach the gospel and be in debt? How can I preach the gospel of good news, of salvation, and you haven't saved my... And he said, because you've been living for yourself. When you start living for my kingdom, you fall out of love of money and you fall in love with me. Now money will start chasing you. More now. Come on. You okay? Yes. When your conscience is renewed by God's word, Paul calls it the mind of Christ. When you have the mind of Christ. Your conscience carries a very important commodity. Are you listening? Yes. When your conscience is formed by God's word, God's word in itself carries a commodity that comes to you and your conscience which is formed by God's word which is formed by God's word now begins to host a commodity. A commodity is called faith. Every time God gives you a word, he speaks a word to you. You read the Bible and you receive a promise from God. With that promise comes the faith, a gift of faith. It's a free gift of faith. But that free gift of faith lodges itself in your conscience. In my conscience and I'm, I need to be careful not to allow the circumstances of life to deter me, or to to cause my the, my to have a shipwreck, so that this I lose this word. People have lost words over their life because they've allowed their conscience to get seared. Yeah. Yeah. People have lost words because they have no faith now yes. yeah. to heal the sick, to preach the gospel, to take the kingdom of God and spread it across. Yeah. They have no faith. And God is looking for people who will constantly be aware of the presence of God in our lives. Because if you're aware of the presence of God, then you'll hear his voice. Are you with me? In the garden, let's stand up. In the garden... In the garden, Adam and Eve were aware of God in the room. So did all the other animals. Adam and Eve were aware of the presence of God in the garden. So did all the trees. So did all the animals. Moses... On the mountaintop for 80 days, 80 nights, he was in the presence of God. And the Bible says that his face began to shine like the sun. Something changed in Moses. His face, something changed because he was in the presence, in the omnipresence of God. I want to ask you, who knows that God is in you? Who knows? Who knows? We're all in the kingdom of God. The animals, the trees, the, the banks, the, the businesses, the families, are the finances. Who knows that you carry the presence of God? Come on, man. If you yourself don't know that God's presence is in you, everything around you will not know that the presence of God is in you. If the present, if the things around you don't know that God is in you, you will have no authority over the circumstance. Oh, come on. First thing, do you know that you know God? In order for you to manifest the presence of God in your life, everything around you needs to know that God is in you. You don't need to be around it. You just need, it needs to be in you. That's why Jesus can tell his disciples, go and fish in the sea and you'll find a gold coin in the fish's mouth. The fish is in the water and he hears Jesus' words. There's no limitation when you're in the kingdom of God. There's no limitation for your problems. There's no, there's nothing should be able to limit you today. The reason why we're limited is because we're not aware of the presence of God if we're not aware of the presence of God, we don't create a value for His presence in us. We create a value for His presence around us. that's why we worship and we, we, we worship and we praise God and we sing and we dance and we do all of that. but what about the presence of God in us? He's not making an announcement to you telling you that he's there. but are you aware of him? Are you aware that heaven Is on the inside of you. Are you aware that heaven wants to manifest itself through your life? Heaven wants to move. Your breakthroughs. God is waiting for you to take the first step. He's waiting for you to take the first step and say, Let heaven come. Let heaven come In my marriage let heaven come In my business let heaven come In my workplace let heaven come In my friends my friendship circle let heaven come In my children let heaven come In my church let heaven come